Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Tzadi. We are on Petes Amabez, the Mishnah, about nine lines from the bottom. Hamaiti Eitim. So we're going back to our original discussion regarding what is the size, the minimum size for carrying something on Shabbos. So we went through many different items and food. Now we're going to move on to Eitzim. Hamaiti Eitzim, someone who takes out wood on Shabbos. What's the minimum size of wood that one who takes out would be... Uh, uh, violating kala. in order to cook uh, a light egg using the wood as firewood, that's enough wood to uh, violate Shabbos. Tavlin, someone who takes out spices, kala. in order to spice, in order to season an egg, so the amount of spices in your salt and pepper packet, maybe even less than that, would be considered hoitza on Shabbos. Not only that, umitstarfin zemze. Then let's say I took some spice, you know, some type of spice with another type of spice and c- combination of them too. There would be, uh, there would be a uh, enough to season an egg, even though it's two different spices. We'll say one's garlic powder and one's pepper. That would still be called carrying on Shabbos. What about istis? Uh, I'm sorry, klipe agoizim. Let's say a person took out these uh, shells or peels of, of walnuts, klipe reminim, the peels of a pomegranate, or istis, type of safflower, or pua, a different type of plant. What's the size? Kedilat spoya behen beget katan pi sivacha. So they used to use these peels as some type of dye. So the size would be the amount needed to dye a small baguette, which would be put on top of a woman's hat, that would be considered haitza on Shabbos. What about these other things? Meraglayim, urine, neser, some type of tar, or ubiris, various types of soap, kimulya, ashlag, various things that were used as cleansers or as detergents. The Gemara will get into it a little bit, but either way, these ancient methods of, of soap. So what's the shear? In order to clean that small bega that they put on top of the hat, so enough that would be able to clean that, that's considered a shear chashuk, that's considered a, a, uh, a significant piece to be able to carry, and that would be violating Hitzah and Shabbos. That if a woman was a nida, so back then, if you look in, in Rashi, Rashi really refers us to Masech nida, so back in the day, they used to, the Rabbanim were experts on the dam, and let's say a woman had a kesem, she had a stain, so they would actually put in some type of, uh, uh, what do you call it, soap, and test, test to see if this blood was from her or it was from something else. So they would actually test it on a kesem to see where the blood, what the origin of the blood was from. Okay, and then the, the Gemara is going to go through some of these things. So the Gemara originally said, the, sorry, the Mishnah said originally that wood is, the, the size for, uh, for carrying wood on Shabbos is enough to be able to roast an egg. So the Gemara says, we know that already. Tanina Chadazimna, we had that already. Kana talks about a reed, which would mean a piece of wood. Kedelasais the size would be in order to make a pen. However, Mahayaav, it was too thick for that. Aymarusas, it was cracked and you would not be able to use it as a pen, so what would be the use? The use would be for firewood. So what's the minimum size? In order to get a uh, uh, beaten egg, in order to cook a beaten egg, that's on a frying pan, so we already have the shear of a small piece of wood that will be able to be able to cook an egg. So what's the chiddush? So the Gemara says, I would have thought, who 
only over there by the kind by the reed, to lay chazlamidi. There's nothing else you could do with it. It's useless. You can't use it as a pen because it's cracked or it's too thick. So the minimum size would be for firewood. There's nothing else anyone's going to use it for. I will eat them when it comes to wood. I would have thought the chazle kaka da aklidi. It's fitting to be a tooth for a key, as Rashi says, shein lemafteach. So if you do kolshu, I would have thought even the smallest amount, a small little piece that's able to be a tooth of a key. That would be considered carrying on Shabbos. Kamash one that no, that's too crazy. Only you only chayiv if you brought out enough that you'd be able to cook an egg using this wood as fuel. Then the Mishnah said tavlin. When it comes to spices, the halacha was kedila tavel beitzakal in order to cook a. Uh, a small egg, which we had previously in the Gemara, means a chicken egg. Those cook the quickest, even though there are eggs that are smaller, but your classic egg that you find in your supermarket, that cooks the quickest. Then the Mishnah had said, so the Gemara leaves out this, part, this point, but the Mishnah did say that the Chomine Tavlin, all types of spices, mitzar from Zem Zelashir, that all types of spices combine for this shear. So let's say you had a little bit of pepper, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of onion, and that would be enough to spice your your egg, so that will be that will be called kedila taba beitzakalos. The says, Rumini, I'll ask you a a stira, a contradiction. The Mishnah and Arla said like this: that tablin lets you have spices of Arla, or find another way where your spices are usher. So So let's you had two or three that have different names, but they are from the same type. So the Mishnah there explains you had, let's say you had white pepper, black pepper, or, you know, it's called pilpul aruch, long pepper, maybe jalapenos. So those are all called pepper. Oh, let's say you had shiminim, three different types. Halacha is a surin. They're all asurin. And they combine with each other. So the way Rashi explains it is, let's say you, you barely put in enough spice of category A. And it's not enough to spice the food. However, you put in uh, spice B and spice C. And now you have enough to spice the food. So the question is if all these spices are usher, do they combine to make this food usher? Like there's a concept of noisin time of giving taste into a kadera. So when these spices combine to give taste into kadera, so so that that would be considered mitzar from zemza. Now, this is where we're, we're going to focus on. Chizkiya said, we're talking about the spices that either sweeten or Give taste to the, the food. Since each one of these spices individually are, are able, are capable, are potent enough to spice a dish, it happens to be used a very small amount, so we could combine three different spices in your, uh, in your, in your kitchen, and we could combine that for the shear. But it's only when each one independently are So it sounds like oh, the only reason why they combine your garlic, your salt, your pepper, only because each one on its own is but it wouldn't be true. They were not combined for the shear. So let's say it took a half a, a shear of a spice, which doesn't do anything for my food. It wouldn't work. So how, how come our mission is assuming it always combines? So the Gemara says, you're right. That's what we're talking about. Hachanami, chazulamatic, we are referring to a spice which does uh, give flavor to your food. Next, the Mishnah had said... How, 
Sure, go for it. How do, we sub- how do we subjectively judge this? I mean, everybody has very different sensitivities to taste. 100%. And think about it. It says enough to spice an egg. So for some people, they got to literally pour on the pepper before it's even uh, edible, you know? And for other people, you put a drop of pepper in it, they, they can't taste it anymore. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, we'd have to go with what's considered normal. Whatever was considered normal in your standard culinary school, whatever they taught, you know, a pinch of pepper, so that would be considered standard. You're right, there are those that are going to put on, you know, gobbles of salt and get high blood pressure, but we have to go with what's, what's considered normal. But you're right, it's very, very subjective. So, whenever it's subjective, we go with normal. When we, when we learn chulun, we'll, we'll get into the discussion of, let's say a person dropped a, uh, Someone drops milk into their chalun by mistake, or cheese, or something, and, and you know the question is bittel. So today we go by shishim. But if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara says you used to go to the nachri, you go to the gas station, and he asked the guy, you know, taste it. Do you, does it taste like dairy? Right? So over there, they're trying to explain that we go by what normal people could taste. You don't have to go to the, the world's biggest, you know, taste ec- expert from, uh, what's it called, Iron Chef, or, uh, I don't know, Cutthroat Kitchen. You don't have to go to any of the, you know, the, the world's famous tasters. You go to your regular guy, go to the gas station, you go to, uh, go, go down the block, ask your neighbor, does this taste like treif? And if he says no, you're allowed to eat it. That's the uh, Gemara in Chulin. Okay, so, so Chaim, good point. It's subjective, but that, that's what we're going to go with. Next, the Mishnah had said, Klipi Egoism, Klipi Remanim, Sitis Upu, all these various types of nuts and, and fruit. So you took the peels, what's considered a sizable amount, in order to be able to dye a small baguette. So the Gemara says, or many ask you, Stira, it says, if you took soaked dyes, you have pre-bottled dyes, then enough that you'd be able to dye a sample, the era for a weaver to put on his uh, bobbin, so that's much smaller shear. So why are we telling me, why are you telling me that it's enough to dye an entire baguette? We had earlier, a different price that said just enough to dye uh, the weaver's bobbin. We had this tarot way back. When I have a pre-bottled dye, so all I need to do is just drop a little bit and it works. Yeah, so even a small amount is considered chashiv. But if all I have is the raw materials, I have the peels, I'm not going to start making dye in order to dye a little sample for nothing. It has to be something that I could sell. So the smallest baguette, that's considered sizable that you'd you do the whole ASEC, the whole bother of putting this dye together. Now we're going to see the same thing when it comes to the seeds in, uh, in the next Mishnah. Okay, so let's keep going. The Mishnah said, urine, And the way Toysus explains, it means up until 40 days. After 40 days, it no longer works as a cleanser. Okay, Nesser, Tana, Nesser Alexandrius. It's a, it's a certain type of tar from uh, Alexandrius. Um, not from there, it wasn't potent enough and it wouldn't work. Boirius, which sounds like some type of soap. This is sand. Seemingly, boirius and chol are two different things. So, Elamai, boirius, what's boirius kavrisa? It's sulfur. So, the Tesefta in Shvias talks about different types of plants that are problematic of Shemitah in the seventh year, so you cannot work the field, even these plants. So there's a few of them here, Chalbitzin, Vahalinon. Again, you know, you look at the Mepharshim, it's hard to understand what exactly these words mean. Vahabiris, Vahayel. But you clearly see that Bairis is 
is not sulfur. How do I know that? If you're telling me that Boris is sulfur, how could sulfur be part of the halacha of Shemitah? Kavrisa miisa b'shvias. Could sulfur be a problem of shvias? Vatani looked in the brayas. Is that called? This is the rule by Shemitah. Koshi yeshla iker. It has to have roots. It has to be you know connected to the ground. Yeshla shvias. V'sheinla iker. Sulfur doesn't grow in the ground. Doesn't have a shirish in the ground. Ain loy shvias. There would be no shemitah. So boris cannot mean sulfur. Elamai boris ahala. It's ahala. Frankly, marvatani vaha boris ahala. So clearly, boris and ahala are not the same thing. Ella rather tray gavni ahala. There are two types of ahala. Okay, so we're gonna take it at that. Kimoya. What about kimoya? I'm Rabbi Huda shleif doitz. It's shleif doitz. Look at Rashi. Rashi says shleif doitz. Uh, I don't know what it means. That's its name. So again, we're going to just trust the Gemara. What about? I asked all the people that you know go down to see all the people at sea. They told me its name is Shainana, not Ashlag. And they find it in the in the hole of a pearl. And they used some type of pointy instrument that was made out of iron in order to, to take it out of this pearl. So that was what this uh, shunana is. Zuck the next Mishnah. Pilpeles, some type of plant. It sounds like a pepper, but we'll see the Gemara explains. Kolshu, any amount that you take out is a problem of Haitzan Shabbos. Itron. what about Itron? So this is tar. Kolshu, any amount. Midi besamim. Various types of besamim of fragrances, umini matachis or metals, kol shehin. Any amount is enough for haitzah. The Gemara is going to explain what this was used for. My avne mizbeach. Let's say a person finds he takes uh, a piece of stone from the mizbeach. Umi avne mizbeach from the dirt of the mizbeach. He's walking around with a bag. He has stones from the mizbeach or mekek svarim or the decay of svarim. Let's assume sifrei taira or mekek mit or a decay of a piece from the. Mitpachais, the coverings, your your velvet, uh, your cloth covering on top of your Sefer Torah, let's say that falls off. So, Kol Shehu, any amount, if you're carrying that on Shabbos, is considered Chashiv. Why? Shematznian Oisan Legoinzan. These things are put into Geniza. These, uh, we call it uh, Shemus, that they need to be buried. A piece of a Sefer Torah, even the covering of a Sefer Torah that falls off, that would be needed to put into Shemus, and therefore any small amount is considered Chashev. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Even someone who takes out something that was used in service of a Dezara, any small amount would be considered Hatzah, it's considered something. So even Ma'uma, even a little bit of a Dezara is considered Chashev, Again, it's Asr, but Chashev, and therefore, carrying that in Shabbos, that would be the minimum share. So the Gemara says, Pilpelas Kol Shehu. What was this Pilpelas Kol Shehu? What is it for? It was some type of, uh, you know, a mouthwash, something that you put into your mouth that would give you good breath. So that, that's why even a small amount, let's say you're a Listerine, you know, pocket pack that's so little, you know, paper thin, but it's enough, it's considered chashuv. So I think one would be chayv, even if there's one left in the container, that would be considered uh, a kol shuhu, a small amount. Let's say a person has a headache, so they would smell this itron, and it would work. I think uh, pregnant women, they smell a nail polish remover, there's something to that, I don't know. So there's something that smells terrible, and it helps your headache. Mine besamim. That's you have uh, different types of, of uh, perfumes. Kol shein any amount. Someone who takes out a bad smell. Kol shu any amount. That's enough. Now why do they do this? So 
if you look at uh, Rashi, Rashi says that they would do it in order to chase away the mazikin, some heebie-jeebie stuff. If you walked around with a bad smell, the shadim would go away. Shemen toiv, good oil, kolshu, any amount, argamon, some type of purple, kolshu, uvesulas haverit, or one rose, acha. So one rose is enough. You give it to, you know, as a romantic gift. So one rose on its own is considered chashev. Then the Mishnah said, minima tachais, Types of metal, koshahain, any small amount of metal. Lamai what are you going to use this metal for? Tanya, Reb Shimmin, Allah's Armish, Kinroy, Lasimina, Darbon, Katan. You could use it as a, a goad for your ox to make sure it walks straight so that a small amount of metal could be put to use. Tanura, Banan, Haoime, Harealai, Barzal, someone who makes a, a, a nether and he says, or it's actually a, uh, yeah, it's an, it's an editor, and he says, I will give a, uh, a, a piece of, bar, some barzel to the base of Megdosh, to the Bedek Abayas, but he didn't say how much iron is he giving. So, you must give at least an ama by an ama. That's a sizable amount to give to the base of Megdosh. What is it good for in the base of Megdosh? To chase away the, the birds, so these things were on top of the, uh, the roof of the, of the base of Megdosh, so that's what they were used for. Vika de Amri, there are those that say it the other way, that Achirim Oimrim, that the Achirim said, the, uh, an amount that would chase away the birds. Vikama, how much is it? So either way, we have the same conclusion, just various methods of getting there. Then the Bryce says, let's say someone said, I'm going to give Nechayshes, I'm going to give copper to the base of Middash. So the, the Mishnah, the Bryce says there, you have to give the amount that's worth a ma of silver. So whatever that amount is, that's considered chashev to give to the base HaMikdash. Tanya Rebeleza, Katana. You shouldn't do less than a small fork, Shana Chayshas. Because that's considered a nice gift to the base HaMikdash. Lamei what is it good for? Rabbi Shemechat Tinba Sapsilos. You could pick up with it the tips of the wicks that got burnt. Omekan Chananeris, you could clean out the candles of the menorah. So these forks would be put to good use. Then the mission said, Mekek Sefarim Umekek Mitzpachas. So the, the rotting of the Sefarim and of the Mitzpachas that were used to cover the, the Sefarim. So any small amount, since you have to bury it, so those would be considered Chashiv and you cannot walk around with it. So Amrav Yehuda Mekek the Sifri. So Mekek is really a name of a worm that it would eat the, 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 the scrolls and Techach is a different type of worm. Dishiroi, it would eat the silk. So this silk uh, worm is I don't know if it's a silkworm, but it's some type of worm that eats silk, and it would, so that, so that would ruin the coverings of the sifitara. And the ila, so ila is a type of worm, the envy. These worms would be found on grapes, um, uh, and, and the pe, and the worm called pe de te'ene on figs. The hay, and the hay was the worm for rimaine, and kulu sakata, all these things are dangerous. And there was a certain Talmud that was sitting in front of Rabbi Yechanan, he's, he's busy eating uh, figs, you know, when he wasn't checking for worms. So the Talmud told Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi, I'm tasting this, and I'm eating, it tastes like thorns. So Amar Leir, Rabbi told him, Katle Peladain, Pe, the worm that's found in figs, is going to kill you because you're eating these worms. Okay, next Mishnah. Hamaitzi Kupas HaRoichlin. Someone who takes out the, uh, the, the Roichlin is a, a peddler. They'd walk around from town to town, you know, giving out, uh, selling their wares. So we know in, uh, in the Torah we call the Selech Rochel Ba'amecha, the concept of someone spreading Lashon Hara. 
the peddler, instead of peddling goods, he's peddling, you know, hak and, uh, you know, interesting insights into people's lives. So that's called a roichal. So kupas are So you had a guy who walked around selling his, his box of perfumes, all these different types of things. So I have appreciation by meaning harbor, even though there's various types of things in there, all types of perfumes and colognes. Since he's only carrying one box, so we consider it as one haitza. The Rishonim discuss. And they say the pshat is that since it's one tercha, I'm only picking it up once. So whatever's in there is considered one carrying on Shabbos. This does come up on Yontif. Now, this is the Isra on Shabbos anyways. You can't do it. But let's say on Yontif, we won't get to Halacha Lamaisa, but the question is asked like this. Let's say a person lives in a place where there is no Erev. But on Yontif, you're allowed to carry things that you need for Yontif. So the original Shaila asked to Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was regarding a pack of cigarettes. So can someone carry a pack of cigarettes on Yontif, even though, let's assume he could, he could smoke on Yontif, even though he's only going to smoke, I don't know, three cigarettes. So he doesn't need all, how many, how many come, 20 in a, in a box? He doesn't need all of them. So is that a problem? Or let's say a person ha- wants to put, you know, bring diapers along with them to their Yontif stroll. So do they have to figure out exactly how many diapers they're going to need, or can they just put in a whole bag of diapers? Once you're carrying one stroller, does that, uh, does it make a difference if you're going to use, you know, each one specifically? So one could argue, based on this mission, again, maybe we'll discuss this halacha uh, lamais a different time, that since it's only one tercha, I'm only carrying one box, it's only violating one chata, so perhaps in Yantif, where I am allowed to carry my, uh, my diaper bag, I have to take out every little thing, whatever's in there, should be considered fine. That's a very good argument, and we'll see halach lamaisa maybe a different time. Okay, so next, Zeroi Negina, someone who who uh, carries garden seeds, so pachos mikakogaris, even a little bit less than a fig size, would be considered carrying on Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira, Aymer, Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira says, Hamisha, five seeds, would be considered carrying on Shabbos. Zera kishuin, so now on Tzadiyam and Beis, Zera kishuin, let's see, these cucumber seeds, Shnaim, only two of them, that's enough to be chayiv. Zera diluim, uh, a gourd, shnaim too. Zera palmitri, the seeds of an Egyptian bean, shnaim too. Chag of chaytar. Let's say a person uh, is carrying out a live grasshopper that's kosher. So there are kosher grasshoppers, chagavim. So there's a whole uh, discussion in the parak of Elutrephus in Mesechus Chulun. We'll, we'll get to that. Based on Sukkim, that there are chagavim, there are grasshoppers that are kosher. So if it's a kosher one, kosher who? Any amount is fine, we'll see why, and the Gemara is going to explain that they used to allow their children to play with it, but mace, once it died, it wasn't a toy anymore, so now it's food, lovely, right? You have yummy uh, chagavim food, so then it goes back to the typical shear of food, which is kadragaras, the same thing, the same size you have for carrying a donut on Shabbos, would be the same thing for a dead kosher grasshopper. What about tzipiris karabim? So we'll see what that means, some type of locust as well. Bein chaya, bein mesa kosher. Any, any, whether it's alive or dead, even a small amount would be uh, a problem. Shematzni and oisla rafua. They would hide this for rafua, so it doesn't have to be a certain size. Comes Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Aymer, af ha-moitzi, chag of chai tamay. Even if you're carrying a live tamay, grasshopper, meaning a non-kosher one, kol shu, any small amount, seemingly the children would play with it, even if it was non-kosher. Why? Shematzin, I see lakat in this way, that is considered valuable, that you'd give it to a child to entertain himself with this. So we're going to see. So the Gemara starts off, Ramini. I'll ask you a steward. You told me that if I take a certain amount of seeds, then I'm over. Hold on a second. 
The Mishnah says on the Afpeyamabes, we just have this, Zeva Vacholadak. That's a person takes out Zeva fertilizer or these this thin fine uh, sand, Kadil Zabla Kalashakrum. All you need to do is fertilize one stalk of cabbage. Divi Rabbi Akiva Vacharum Kadila Zabba Kresha, just one stalk of leek. So not uh, and that's not a big size, so how come over here being more machmer? So the Mars is the same, Tyrants. Amra, Papa, Hud is real, Hud is real. When it's already planted, so I'm not going through a whole ASEC. All I'm doing is fertilizing. I'm spraying some fertilizer. Okay, even for one plant, it's already halfway there. I'll spray some fertilizer. So Hud is real, Hud is real. You're going to go make yourself crazy to take one seed and you're going to be planting the seed, plowing, planting, watering for one stalk. It doesn't make any sense. But if I already grew the stalk, so to fertilize it, to maintain it, that is much uh, more reasonable, and that's why a person's high, even if he takes enough fertilizer for one stalk. But uh, take out the seed, the raw materials that you need enough that people consider hashav. Zera kishuin. Let's say a person takes out zera kishuin, which is cucumber seeds. Tanarabanan. Hamaitzi garinin. Someone who takes the seeds of a date. Imlinatia. If you take it for planting, shtayim. Two. If you take it out for eating, the size of the mouth of a pig. What's that size? Just one. One seed is enough for to fill the pig's mouth. Must be a very big seed, right? So imahasik, let's you're using it for firewood. Enough of a seed in order to cook the a fig size of a beitzakala of beaten egg. Now, in Lecheshbon, let's you're using it to count, or you're using it as uh, poker chips, so it's going to be there in place of your money. So, then it says, Shtayim, the Tanakhama says just two. Two is enough, that's valuable. You need at least have five. Otherwise, if it's just two, you'll keep your memory of how many you put in or how many the person owes you. But, if you want, but five already is enough that people are going to now use it to remind them how much money they have in the pot or how much money someone owes them. So five seeds is considered significant. Tanakhama. Someone who takes out two threads or two hairs, from a horse's tail, from a cow's tail, Chayev. They would do this in order to uh, trap birds. So I guess these hairs were good for trapping birds. So just two of them would be enough. Now, the, the uh, rough hair, which is found in the back of the pig, just one is considered enough. They would use it to sew. Sorry, deckle. You have these uh, these fronds of your deckle of your palm tree, so those type of branches that they would use to make baskets, like your lulav. So shtayim, I need to take two of them. Two of them, and you can already start making a whole thing. The truth is, even one, you can make those rings around your uh, your lulav. But okay, the two was considered chashiv. What about tari deckle, the vines? So then achas. Just one would be considered carrying. Then the Mishnah said, Tsipiris Kramim, some type of Tsipiris Kramim, which means some type of grasshopper that has to do with karim, has to do with a vine. So the Mishnah said, Bin Chaya Bin Misa, whether it's alive or dead, Kolshu, any amount would be considered, uh, would be considered carrying on Shabbos. So my Tsipiris Kramim, what is the Tsipiris Kramim? So Amar Rav Palya Biari. So Rav, pa, Rav, so I'm a Rav, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm a Rav, Rav says, Palio Biari means Palio Biari, some type of grasshopper, it doesn't exactly explain what was significant about these words, but some type of grasshopper. It was found, you could find this on a palm tree that has only one vine, and this food was, was good for 
getting you uh, chachma, for teaching you things, for making you smart. So by eating this, this uh, locust. So achalei lepalga dimina, you eat the right side of the locust. Upalga desmalei ramela beguvta denachasha. The left side, you would put into a, a copper tube. Vechasen labeshitin gushpanke, and use 60 seals to seal it up. The talila beiver desmalei, and have it suspended on your left side, your left arm. The simanech, how do you remember how to do it? Shalev chacham limina, you ate the right side, that gives you chachma. Vlev ksil lesmalei, and the left side would be the ksil, so just hang it on the left side, don't eat it. And then vechakim kamadiba, and then as soon as you eat this, you're going to become brilliant. The gummer come and you learn whatever you want. And but then at some at some point you have to eat the other half. At some point you should eat the other half, the left side of this grasshopper. The if you don't eat the left side, your learning will be uprooted, you'll forget all that you learned. Okay, one more gemara. So Rabbi Huda So basically we had a machlekes in the Mishnah. The machlekes was since the, the children would, would play with grasshoppers. They didn't have, you know, Marvel toys and, uh, what's it called, uh, Toys R Us. They didn't have any of these toy stores. So what would you do? You would play with grasshoppers. So the question was, am I allowed to give my, my child a, a non-kosher grasshopper? So it seems like Rabbi Huda holds, there's no problem. And therefore, any small amount is considered a toy. It's considered chashev. And, you, and that would be called carrying on Shabbos. And the Tanakhama said, no, only the kosher ones would be called toys, the other one's not. Even if you take out a Chag of Chai the Shiura is called Shu. So the Gemara of the Tanakhama Savar, Tanakhama Hozlai, you cannot, that would not be considered caring. My time, Dilma Achale, the concern is that your child might eat the non kosher grasshopper and he'll eat it while it's alive. So the Gemara says, if you're concerned that your child's going to eat the live grasshopper, so then it shouldn't make a difference whether it's a kosher grasshopper or a non-kosher grasshopper. Why tar nami? Even a tar grasshopper, there'll be an iser to eat it. Now, it's not an iser of, of not, you know, novella, of not shechting it. It's, we'll see what exactly this iser is. So let's, let's hold on. Rav Kahana was once in front of Rav. He was literally passing a shushiva, this uh, grasshopper, into his mouth. Like about to eat this live grasshopper. So Amalei, Rav tells Rav Kahana, Shikali, take it out. People are going to think you're eating it. So don't even put it near your mouth because people are going to think you're eating it. And what would be the problem if I ate it? There's an iser of Baltashaktu of doing disgusting things. This Mishnah, this Gemara sounds like eating a live grasshopper would be considered Baltashaktu. So forget about the iser of Novela. There's no Novela, you don't have to shak the grasshopper. But to eat it while it's alive, there's an iser of Baltashaktu. Many of the Rishonim learn that eating a live fish would also be Baltashaktu. So there's a, uh, there's a lake in Minnesota, I don't know if it's still around, uh, the lake is still around. There's a bar on a lake. I'll, I'll get the name afterwards, and maybe Lake Lida. I think Lake Lida, and they have a bar on the frozen lake. So you go, you go to the bar. You don't go to the bar, but they have a fish drink where you get a shot of something, and there's a live fish in the drink, and you drink it. It's like a whole shtick. So someone in the community asked me, is that a problem of drinking the fish? The fish has scales. It's a kosher fish. So according to our Gemara, it would probably be an Isser of Baal to us not to Shechem. So either way, so since there's an Isser of eating a live grasshopper, whether it's 
kosher or non-kosher. If it's non-kosher, eating shkatsim or musim. If it's kosher, you're eating baltashatsu. So why should a tanakam make a difference? You should never, if you're concerned the child's going to eat it, you should never be able to give him a grasshopper as a toy. Ella, so what does the Gemara say? The obvious answer, I'm not concerned he's going to eat the live grasshopper. I'm concerned he's going to eat the dead grasshopper. So if I give him the kosher one, big deal. It's, it's candy. But if he, I give him the non-kosher grasshopper to play with, perhaps it's going to die and my child is going to eat it and it will be an isser of having my child eat non-kosher. So the Rishonim the, discuss what's the isser here. Is a chinuch, but either way, there's an isra of giving something that's not kosher to your child if you know they're going to eat it. So, what does Rabbi Yehuda hold? Rabbi Yehuda says, no problem. Rabbi Yehuda, Imayas, if the grasshopper would die, the child won't eat it. Cut down misbud suffilate. The child was playing it as his toy, it was his grasshopper toy. And it died, he's not going to go eat it now. He's going to be crying. He's going to be, uh, he's gonna be crying too, too much to, to think about eating it. So therefore, there's no concern he's going to eat the dead one. He might eat a live one. But, or you won't eat, or who the holds, he won't eat a live one. Nor will he eat a dead one because he'll be crying over it. And therefore, since he won't eat it, you could give your child a non-kosher grasshopper as a toy. And therefore, even the smallest amount would be considered ha'itza on Shabbos. So hajin alach, amr avakivos. So we finished another parak of Shabbos. Tomorrow we will do hamatznia. So I hope to get the recording out before Shabbos.